All right, we are back and we are live. Welcome back to another edition of E Equals MC Awesome. We have another very exciting guest with us this afternoon, Mr. Luis Martinez, who is the founder and genius behind an educational platform that will redefine our education system as we know it. It's a group called United, U-N-Y-T-E-D. It is a great platform that really incorporates a lot of digital aspects, a lot of social building aspects, and we're excited to have him on the show. So welcome, Lewis. It's a pleasure to have you here this afternoon. Sure, absolutely. And thanks for having me on your show. And so my name's Lewis uh, Martinez. My friends call me Lou, so anybody listening can also call me Lou from here forward. And so I... I'm the founder of United.co, and that's United with a Y. And so just like Lyft has a Y in their company name, we decided to insert a Y into ours as well. And so United is really about moving education to where we believed that it was going. When we founded it a couple years ago, um, at the time, a lot of the feedback that we received was, yeah, you know, that's that's how it can be in the future. That's how it could be in the future. And I guess something that we'll talk about on your show today is really the, the future is here, right? And so United is about getting students uh, to collaborate across whatever it is that they're learning in ways where they're not only picking up academic skills, but at the same time practicing and developing the, the, the key skills that are needed for learning, uh, learning in an optimal way, but also for the real world. And so we really believe that there is a tremendous disconnect between schools and the real world. Uh, we think that's already validated by a lot of what we're currently seeing, not only in this pandemic, but in the in sort of, you know, as students go into secondary education and then they go into college and, and the corporate world, there are a lot of skills missing and, and people are, you know, that's becoming clear and clear. So when we started United, uh, a couple of years ago, um, my team and I basically focused on what can we do to, and this is sort of where the name comes from, unite the real world with academic learning and how can we get students and teachers to work collaboratively to be able to accomplish that in an optimal setting. So that's the, that's the background of United and that's really hopefully the, the basis of what we're going to be talking about here today. Definitely. And I, I, you know, I, I can't stress the fact that, you know, this is such an important topic in today's world. Um, you, you, you touch on a very specific point that I really want to drive home and elaborate that there is a big disconnect between the classroom and the real world. And there's been so many things happening, not only with the pandemic, but in a cultural stance that really brings and sheds some light on perspective on really what that disconnect really is. You know, we're, we're also dealing with, um, you know, the education levels that are, are, are so varied across this country, across the world, really, on what the, um, what the minimum requirements are for a student to, um, advance in their education, not only into secondary and post-secondary education, but in their current, I guess, elementary school and high school settings too. And there's prerequisite fundamentals that they, that can't go by the wayside and can't be ignored. Um, simply for, you know, this phrase that got thrown around for the past few years of no child left behind. They sure. can't adjust um, curriculums based on a, a child's ability to absorb that type of information. They need to find ways for that child to absorb that information. And I think the platform, uh, what you're trying to accomplish here, uh, really drives that point home and offers that from a different a different level. So um, from the platform itself, do you guys offer this solely remote or I guess obviously now it is, but before was the whole intention for this to be a virtual learning environment? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll back up just one quick second to say the, the real origins of this. So, you know, I didn't really introduce myself because I not much of a self promoter, uh, but it, but in a way, you know, this all comes from my personal experiences I have a, I have an extremely varied background. So, uh, when I graduated law school, I went to go work in a legal capacity for a large organization. Um, I'm, I'm still actually a, a licensed Florida attorney, although I'm non-practicing at this point. 
And in my experiences in that corporation, they spanned, you know, obviously initially in a legal capacity, then in operations. And eventually I became the, the director of education and training uh, within that corporation. And this really all stems from just a basic question that when I transitioned into that role, I had for my colleagues, superiors in the C-suite. And this is a, an, an incredibly large corporation, a little over 12,000 employees at the time. And I said, why exactly do we educate and train these people one way and expect them to work in a completely different way? And a lot of that question just kept being repeated in my head, not only at the corporate education level, but also in my off time, I would work in elementary schools and middle schools, et cetera. And so that's really the basis for, for United. And when we asked that question to answer your question directly, we said, regardless of the pedagogy that is used, regardless of how we connect, how we educate and train people to how they actually are meant to operate and function, it has to be flexible enough that it can be in person, completely online, or some version of hybrid, because ultimately that is what aligns with the answer to that question. We work as human beings in person. We work with our teams and the people and our colleagues completely in person. We also work in a hybrid format, and especially now we work in a completely remote format. So we wanted to build the platform in a way where education and delivery of lessons and delivery of, of the engagement of that learning experience can happen in all of those different uh, capacities at all those different mediums. Got it. And I think that's an important element as well, because everybody has a different learning environment that they have access to. To offer that platform across such a varied, you know, channel of, of opportunities really allows the program to expand and, and to thrive. So, um, it's an interesting background and how it all segued into this, but it sounds like the, the, the platform is, especially now, um, is, is really in high demand. And, you know, regardless on what teachers are trying to get across to their kids in this particular environment where, this is a right angle turn that everybody really had to make, right? I mean, they had to pivot so fast, so hard. And, you know, there's obviously, pardon the pun, a learning curve that's going to be needed with implementing a lot of these strategies and a lot of these educational environments. And I think that the, the biggest challenge that a, a teacher has right now is, is having the tools accessible in order to drive that necessary education home to their students. And, you know, it's all about creativity, yes, and it's all about keeping your students engaged. But more importantly, it's about identifying that they absorb the information, they retain the information, and they're able to take that base foundation and elevate their educational experience at the next level. What levels of education is your program designed to target? Yeah, so going, going back to those origins, we actually originally contemplated the platform when it, when it sort of came into my brain and then my team and I worked on it. Uh, we actually started it with corporate education and graduate level education, but eventually transferred that to the K through 12 space. So, your child is capable of using our platform uh, from kinder all the way through 12. And then we don't currently work in, you know, the, the higher ed space, graduate level education, tertiary education or corporate level. But not because it, the platform cannot serve those levels, just because our focus and our resources right now are aimed at the K through 12 space. Got it. So is there a, per, a particular curriculum or is this just I have a student who's identifying the need for X, Y and Z and you kind of link them with a, a solution to help master the skills that they're falling behind in or that they need more work in? Sure. So so we uh, we built the platform in a very flexible way where any uh, subject matter can be taught on the platform. The curriculum that we offer internally is really math and science based. And so that wasn't because we necessarily have an opinion on math and science, you know, being more important than, say, reading and ELA and, and all of those other subjects, but because that's where our teacher leaders really took the platform, uh, probably because a lot of the 
the benefits of the platform of getting students to interact with each other, of getting them to discuss uh, subject matter and, and different skills and standards at a deeper level is really missing in, in math curriculum. What you're seeing a lot out there, and, and I'll, you know, I'll go to one point that you said where you said the platform is currently in high demand. And so that's very interesting because we believe it should be in high demand. But what we're actually seeing and, you know, being completely transparent on your show is schools, to your point, have had to take a, you know, a very abrupt turn. And so because of that turn, they're kind of at the, the bottom level of their hierarchy of needs. And so they are not necessarily focused on higher order thinking and all of the different pedagogies and strategies that revolve around that right now. The vast majority of schools, I don't want to say it as an absolute, but the vast majority of schools are focused on how do we get your kid online um, for at least a couple hours a day through a basic video conference? And how do we, you know, prepare the teachers to provide those students enough instructions to be able to, for the most part, work individually, work on their own so that then the teacher can provide feedback. That is not what our platform does. Um, our platform facilitates just an incredible amount of uh, synchronous and asynchronous interaction between peers, between the teacher, so on and so forth. So we are, we actually had just finished a pilot with a large school district uh, here in, in Miami-Dade County Public Schools. And out of that pilot, you know, Miami-Dade County Public Schools is really moving in, in that direction of higher order thinking of how do we get students to collaborate but right now, the focus is on on that foundational level. How can we just get kids to log on to a video conference and just be, do some work and begin to do some learning? And I think that's where, you know, our conversation can lead into. But uh, I think that's where there's a lot of discussion around virtual learning is necessarily, you know, it's being discussed as something that's necessarily bad or uh, I think I think the commissioner of education here in Florida called it second tier education. And I understand why, because the way that it's been experienced up to now and what people believe that virtual education is possible of doing is second tier. It's 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 that bottom level of, you know, that bottom rung of education where it's a teacher gives instructions, students do some stuff on their own and later they'll get some feedback. I think people have an unfortunate view of what can be possible in virtual education if the right tools are used to get students to actually interact together, to in some ways duplicate or even exceed some of the interaction and some of the benefits that come from face-to-face -face and in-person education. You can never replicate the real thing. In an AI format, in a digital format, it's just never possible. It's about creating an environment that is similar enough where the, the ultimate goal is achieved. And I think based on what you're telling me is, is that, you know, the, the education system, again, overloaded with the need to transition and to make these necessary adjustments. They, I don't want to say just go through the motions, but they want to be able to, I guess, inch into the ability to get this right and to maintain that this is the platform that 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 kids need to use nowadays to in order to be successful and to learn. But I think that you guys and what I'm hearing anyway, are at least five steps ahead of that that mentality. You've already created the environment, which is engaging. It's creative. You're focused on a couple different segments in the education platform, but that obviously has the room for growth with English, social studies, history, whatever, whatever other languages, um, you know, whatever other platforms that you feel you can bring. But I think it sounds like you guys are way ahead of the curve as far as creating the environment, which, you know, you, I guess we can honestly say we're old enough to remember what school is like without all of these technologies available to us. Right. Uh, and it really was an imperative part to our learning experience and the absorption of the material that was being taught to us. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I would ask you a question. You said that you drew a distinction of, you know, virtual learning versus the real thing. And, and it's a fair distinction. There's debate right now about the where, you know, like where learning takes place is what's going to necessarily dictate 
whether the students absorb some of the benefits that we obviously want them to absorb and that they need in terms of skill building. And so my question to you would be, what do you see or, you know, imagine of the real world of that in-person education that you believe cannot happen in a virtual space? I'm going to answer your question with one particular topic, and I, I stress on this topic because by its very nature, it's a hands-on topic, and that's science. Okay. I mean, it's very difficult to replicate the actual experimentation, the observation in real time, hands-on real time, yes. understanding the the chemical reactions, the biological growth, the physical elements in physics. Uh, it's very difficult to assess that in a virtual platform and then be thrown into a real world where you're an engineer and you have to build this actual building. My education background is in engineering and advanced mathematics. Um, so, I mean, I'm giving you a, a kind of a, a selfish yeah. firsthand perspective. If I didn't go through all of the necessary labs in physics and chemistry and understanding the components of materials and how they work in, in, in certain stress levels, it's very difficult to replicate that in a digital platform. Now, again, we're in a situation where that's kind of it, it's testing the creativity of certain educators, certain schools, certain curriculums. And, you know, I, I'll tell you this, the, the, the first show I did on this segment blew me out of my chair with the type of creativity that one particular science teacher here in Miami-Dade brought to her students and how they how she was able to engage them independently in the sense that you are here, you are in this you are in this experiment, regardless if you're sitting in your living room or if you're sitting in this classroom. We're chugging along business as usual, and we're going to do whatever we have to do to, to, to give you those tools in order to succeed and understand what we're trying to accomplish. Sure. But that's one example. How many of those types of teachers are available to us in this country and in this world, given this situation? Very, very few of those teachers. I think I have a, a great idea of the teacher that you're alluding to or referencing. Um, and, and we actually work together. She's actually one of the leaders of our platform in terms of, you know, teachers using our platform. Um, and so and so when you talk about that physical space and some of the lab work that needs to be done, et cetera, I, I think almost immediately about the nature or the dynamic within those rooms. Like what makes that room, that lab engaging? What elevates the the sort of you know, what, what elevates the learning in that room, the higher order thinking, the problem solving and all of those different things. And the reality is most rooms, physical or not, but we will focus on the physical room right now, do not have the necessary elements because even in those rooms, many are still in the traditional format of, for the most part, lecture based. And if they're not lecture based, they're trying to infuse some project-based learning uh, elements into their classroom, some problem-based learning elements into their classroom. But it, to us and what we noticed is really it, it comes down to the interactions and the discourse between peers, between, you know, what you hear from a teacher is one thing and it's critical in the, in the learning process. How you discuss that and potentially apply that knowledge with your peers really elevates and accelerates the learning and the understanding process. And I want to, I want to make a distinction between, you know, what, what we think of as knowledge acquisition and, you know, the, the cognitive sort of function of picking up and acquiring knowledge and putting it into our brains. That of course is one aspect of learning and education in schools. But the other aspect, which I heard a lot in, in what you were saying, is application and the application of those of that knowledge of whatever skills, you know, from a science or a math standpoint, we're just focused on those two because as a platform we do, when you pick up those skills, how are you able to actually apply those skills in the real world in, in the lab, in, in a project based scenario? And whether you're in a physical format or a virtual format, our platform specifically is creating the environment to allow students to really develop those skills and to allow teachers the visibility into 
seeing if those skills are being developed and the thinking that goes behind it. And the teacher that you were alluding to, you know, can attest to that specifically that she began using our platform because she was less interested on, in what students can answer on a quiz or in an exam. And she was more interested in the thinking that goes behind their decisions. And to me, that is, that's where education is going. That's where competency-based education can take us. And that's where students can become masters of specific domains that they could then use that information in the real world. Well, call me crazy, but I, I, I would sit here and argue that that's the fundamental purpose of education is the actual application of it in the real world. And I, you know, the problem solving angle of it versus reading something, memorizing it and regurgitating it on a test to get a specific grade. I mean, we've all done cram sessions on topics we don't want to, to necessarily retain just to pass the class. But the, tr- the, the truth of the matter is that the root and the fundamental element of the absorption of that knowledge is in the application of it itself. And this I guess correlates with my comment about what I, I I'm learning about your platform earlier in the sense that you guys are you guys are steps ahead in your platform compared to the education system I guess we can call it on a county level or a city level where they still want kids to regurgitate things for grades rather than focusing on the retention of that knowledge in the application for either post secondary education or just simply career-based education. I think that, again, I, I, I really applaud the platform that you guys are throwing together, particularly for the environment that you're focused on. You, you know, you asked me that specific question. I hope I answered it. Yeah. Um, but I think that the environment, the peer engagement, that's a key thing that I, that I really wanted to bring up and stress sure. based on what your comment was. When you're thrown into the real world, it's not you versus everybody. You're a part of a little group, a little team, and you need to learn how to work with those people, feed off of each other's positive energies, what strengths each one brings to whatever project they're involved in, in order to properly execute whatever whatever the end goal is for the work. And if you fail, if you don't, if you do not um, work well under those types of conditions, but yet you know the information the chances of the project succeeding are very small. Sure. So school, yes, it's a big educational platform, but another key element of it is the social skills that are developed. And I'd actually love to get specifically into that topic. Um, I, I want to hit the just a, a momentary reverse button on something that you mentioned regarding the overall education system at, you know, the state level down to the individual districts. We have 67 districts here in the state of Florida down to, you know, specific schools, right? Sometimes I, you know, in my commentary, it almost seems like I'm railing against the system, right? And I'm doing that not necessarily as a negative, only because I am so adamant about pushing the system forward. We do need to have some level of accountability. Um, I've had this conversation across the state of Florida with my friends at the Department of Education, down to the different districts, etc. When you involve tax dollars and you involve public funding, especially in the public school system, accountability is not necessarily bad. What I believe is a bigger issue is that what we've done within the education system is set up a false dichotomy, this black and white where it's either accountability or no accountability. So when you're talking about accountability, you're either talking about teach to the test, make sure students know information so they could pass a test, so on and so forth. Or you're talking about no accountability where it's like generalized projects and no tracking or measurement of student learning, etc. And I think that's just when you speak in absolutes that way, generally speaking, you're you're setting yourself up for a lack of logic. And that false dichotomy is where our education system is. I think there is, I don't want to call it a compromise, but there's this entire gray area where we can have accountability. We can know if a student is necessarily on track or being measured appropriately in their learning growth. And at the exact same time, give autonomy, freedom, 
um, and, and become a competency-based system where maybe we won't have students grouped by age. Maybe we won't have students necessarily in a classroom going from bell to bell. But what we will have is a freer system where students are measured on their competency. And if you ask students themselves, ultimately the consumers here, the, you know, they're consuming the product or the content of the education system. That's what they'll tell you truly engages them. But in order to do that, that's a tremendous ask of a very established system that needs to transform to be able to keep accountability and at the same time create this love of learning and engagement and problem-based attitude that students can actually partake in. And so I wanted to hit a, just a brief reverse on that before we move on to social skills and some of these other non-academic skills because they go hand in hand. Over the past year and a half, I've traveled the state of Florida, visited maybe 35 different school districts, um, hundreds of, of schools, and it's something that many of us in the state of Florida are trying to push toward. I don't think I could have said any of that better. Uh, you brought up a lot of very important points, and it's very interesting to hear your perspective on a child's education evolving based on their actual skill set versus their age. I agree with you, and I think that if you want to compare that to what we'll quote-unquote call the real world, uh, although school is obviously real, but you know when you start applying these types of, of educational pieces in in an environment, a society where you know you're impacting not only yourself but a company and investors and and you know just really anybody and everybody around you by offering a product or service, you don't necessarily move up in the ranks because you're older. You move up in the ranks because you're better and you're more equipped to uh, be in that position. That's really the world that we've transitioned into. And I think that that's, that brings up a very good point with the educational component. When I was in high school, I grew up in New York State, in New York City. And in New York State, in high school, you have to pass what's called, or at the time, you had to pass what's called regents exams. So when I graduated high school, I was actually issued two degrees. I was issued my high school diploma, and I was, I was issued uh, what's called a regents degree. And a regents, the, the whole platform of the regents was exactly what you're explaining to test the knowledge base in every single subject after every single year. Right. So every year in math, in science, in history, in language, I would have to take this exam. And if I didn't pass that exam, according to the state standards, then I could not move up in the ranks. Yeah, and, and, and I will say we have, we have a version of that here in Florida called the FSA. And so at the end of each year, except last year because of COVID, et cetera, uh, we have – a series of tests that students have to essentially pass in order to be elevated to the next grade or the next subject or so on and so forth. And so in a way, we already have elements of this competency-based system. And again, you know, if this gets in the hands of my friends at the Florida Department of Education, they would, they would answer with one specific thing, which is, it's not that easy. And I realize it is not that easy to revert or transform just this enormous system full of all sorts of limitations. Some of that is red tape and bureaucracy. Some of that is just, it's, you know, like I, I say it here at the at Miami-Dade County Public School level all the time. Here we have anywhere from 300 to 400,000 students, depending on how you want to count charters versus uh, traditional public schools, et cetera, just in one district. If you, if you boil that down to a school and then you boil that down, you, you shrink that down again into a classroom, just within one classroom, and I'd ask any teacher to vouch for this, you have so many different learning levels just within a single classroom that it is very difficult to provide this sort of one-size-fits-all kind of education um, and at the same time transition to what you and I are talking about which is custom education for every child. Right now, students, if they, if they need something based on, you know, a, a deficiency, et cetera, they get something that's called like an IEP, which is an individualized education plan. It's my opinion that we should be tracking towards in the spectrum where every student has an IEP. Every student in your entire state, every student in this entire country should have 
their education, their competencies customized to their abilities. Now, is that difficult to do? It's, you know, some people would say it's near impossibility. I don't believe that it's impossible. I believe technology is evolving to the point where we can create the environments and track the data in a way where we can at least move toward that end of the spectrum. And I believe that in the next 10 years, we will see, at least in this state, in Florida, a tremendous movement towards competency-based education. And frankly, I, you know, that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm, you know, my team is on the mission that we're on because each student deserves an ability to grow and show their competencies based specifically on their track. And hopefully, you know, on our platform, uh, we're able to begin accelerating that for each individual student or, you know, we, we didn't really talk about this, but we serve schools at the same time. We're now beginning, we're, we're about to launch this full throttle at the beginning of this academic year. We're going to be serving parents directly. And so we want parents that want control of this customization to come onto our platform and be able to customize that growth. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's very clear to me now that you guys have identified a very large gap. And I'm not going to sit here and make the argument that the education system needs to be ripped up and shredded and started all over again, because we both know from a practicality perspective that that's almost an impossibility. The right. teachers are, are spread out super thin as it is. But I think that a, a complementary platform such as United can offer a, a, a bridge to this gap that you've identified. Right. And I think that creating a sense of where a child is in a particular topic, not in an overall ninth grade curriculum, but on a particular level. I mean, maybe they're great at math and they're horrible at remembering dates and names in social studies. There's, there's different levels of competency that these children are able to retain within the course of a year and others that they need additional help on. And more so, I mean, how many students are sitting in a classroom that are well advanced of their fellow peers that literally have to sit here and go through the motions, almost losing interest in the entire platform in its entirety? So I, I, I was actually hoping that you were going to bring up the transition from the actual school platform going directly into the homes, because as we know, this is really becoming the, the, the standard, I guess, at this point until the yeah. classrooms open back up and parents are going to be forced to be engaged with their students and to ensure that, you know, they're, they're not looking up the answer on Google or, you know, asking Siri what six times five is, you know, that they're actually learning the information, retaining it in this platform where you're asking this, you know, let's just call it a six to, you know, 14 year old individual to be on their own and be responsible in their home environment for obtaining this information. So, yeah. The environment that you've created is a very important bridge to a gap that is very clear to me, at least at this point, on where the education system is and really where it needs to evolve to. And I think that expanding on the topics and we'll get to why you chose science and math um, more specifically, but uh, I, I find it very likely that other teachers and other topics will be able to buy into this platform, buy into the goal that you're trying to accomplish with this and help you succeed in those various areas of, of education as well. Those communication skills, those social skills, all of those what, what are called non-academic skills, right? Some people call them non-cognitive skills. I, I believe personally that's a misnomer, but we can put them in terms of academic skills, the information that you're trying to gain from a math class or from a science class. And then on the other side, not versus, but complementing these skills, let's call them non-academic skills. In our company, in United, we have a specific name for these skills. So we call them SEL power skills. And we call them SEL power skills because SEL stands for social emotional learning. And social emotional learning is a, you know, it's a big movement going on across the entire nation. But there have been some tremendously unfortunate gaps with how social emotional learning is being executed within schools. We can talk about that a little after. The other side of that name that we give SEL power skills, we call these skills power skills because for a long time, people called them soft skills. And you said that you had a background in 
engineering and mathematics, et cetera, right? Is that, is that correct? Correct, yeah. And so you were probably told, well, as an engineer, you don't need X, Y, and Z skills because these are soft skills for potentially the salespeople or the liaisons or the project managers, so on and so forth. It's completely not the case in the current real world. Anyone, any parent with a child between the ages of 6 and 17 years old need to completely look at the roadmap of what is going on with their child's development as it relates to these quote-unquote soft skills that for the remainder of our call, I'm going to call power skills because at United, that's what we call them. We call them power skills because we say these are the skills that give power to the knowledge that you acquire. If you learn about engineering, you learn about 3D printing, you learn about anything, anything in biology or science, you can't just hold that information in your head, click a button and suddenly gets into the real world and is applicable. You have to actually use skills to apply that knowledge. So that's why we call them power skills. It's, uh, I mean, I love it. I, I, it's actually funny the way that you compared that to what I had told you about my education background. I actually recognized that in the process of going through my engineering program. And when I recognized that I was going to be pigeonholed in one particular area of expertise, I took that as an opportunity to expand that to business management and advanced mathematics. And I realized at the moment, well, mathematics is obviously the universal language. Business in today's day and age is the global language. And I thought that if I can combine my skill set from a practical, physical, engineering type base education into the real world of business, um, that would give me a leg up and cast a wider net into my opportunities. You know, let's be honest. I mean, you're never going to learn everything about a career in school. You're going to learn 95% of it based on your experience. And if you have a fundamental root of education and some sort of a basis in these various areas, what we're going to call power skills, you have an advantage to move up much faster and accelerate your career much faster than you would if you were, if you were focused in one particular area of expertise. That's, I mean, it's absolutely the case. And, and you're speaking about those power skills almost exclusively from the standpoint of, Advancement, advancement of career, advancement of success in school, so on and so forth, right? And I would, I get a little almost over enthusiastic about this topic because these skills are not just applicable to how you apply knowledge. Of course they are, but in addition to that, these are the skills that make us successful in a modern world as friends, as family members, as members of a team as pretty much anything, because these are the skills that are being put to the test, I guess no better example than now, in a fast-paced world that is moving more and more towards machines, remote, uh, requiring adaptability. You can no longer sit there and do one job, as you alluded to, for a specific amount of time, clock in, clock out. Now, whether it's work or life, everything, because things have been digitized, are commingled. Everything is, is kind of like a spaghetti at this point. And, you know, this is when I started getting the text messages and the calls. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, my friends that are administrators, school administrators or district level administrators, or even, you know, we started talking about this at the state level. Leaders across the state of Florida are like, oh, man, this is really putting to the test this future that you've been talking about for the last few years. And I said, well, this is where we've been going to anyway, but now the future is here. And so that's why when I said parents between with, with children between the ages of six and 17, you really need to focus on how not only your child has particular competencies that are, you know, curtailed or, or specifically tailored to them from an academic standpoint, but also these power skills. And I say 6 to 17. It's a question I get a lot. Why 6 to 17? Because in the most bizarre way, when our children between the ages of quote-unquote zero to about five years old, we actually do give them a, a sort of whole child education experience. We do focus on all of these skills. 
And then for whatever reason, we put them into kindergarten or we put them into first grade and it's like, nope, all that we need to do now is teach them information. We no longer need to be cognizant of these skills that need to be developed over time. And it is up to the parents to really decide how they want to affect that and begin, begin really, you know, giving their child the ability to, to meet their full potential. I agree. And I agree that it is. Uh, somewhat of a systemic thing, but I'm going to allude to a point that you compared it to in driving these skills home in the family front. And as a parent, regardless on whatever age your, your, your child is, I mean, you should be involved in understanding where their education level is and assisting with that or seeking out that assistance in the event that their teachers or yourself, for example, are not recognizing those skills are at the necessary level based on where they are in their education career. And I think that involvement is another skill that really, you know, parents after six, we'll just say six years old, really rely on the system to to get those skills into their kid's uh, head and not necessarily uh, devote that much attention to. Bottom line is, you know, these skill sets, they're, they're, they're extremely important. And I, I, the, the, the first part of that SEL, the social element of it, let's, let's have a discussion on that for a second because we live in a world where people forget how to socialize. We have lost our ability to communicate with each other. That's right. We communicate through little pictures of smiley faces and, little text messages, little words on a screen. We reply whenever we want to. You know, I was joking about it with a buddy of mine the other day. You know, I said, you know, when was the last time somebody rang your doorbell? You know, remember that as a kid, somebody rings the doorbell, you're running down the stairs, you want to be the first one to open the door. Now somebody rings your doorbell, you're like, who in the hell is at my door that didn't text me before they, you know, showed up at my house? That's right. completely different world we live in now where we've isolated ourselves in this little bubble and we have this gadget, this little communication device in our pockets to communicate with a roster of people in this contact list in each one of our respective phones. And that's the way we communicate now. And this, we'll call it this pandemic, has escalated that and accelerated that to the point where it's into our careers. It's into our education system. So in your platform, yes. and again, I really want to stress the environment that you're creating. How do you allow for a student to expand on the communication skills that really have evolved the human species from hopping out of a tree into this little era where we can all sit in our respective little habitats and communicate with the world digitally? Yeah, so the short answer to that is that they cannot complete their lessons. Uh, students cannot complete their lessons without communicating with each other. But I'm going to explain the actual environment and how that happens. Um, just before I do that, just because I really loved a lot of the different comments that you made about the environment and how communication is really the root of so much success and on the other side, so many failures now. And so... I believe that that's happened not only because we've, you know, transitioned to a different form of communication, but because the way that we develop these skills now in children, or at least that we try to, the way that the system takes on the responsibility of saying, how are we going to make good communicators for the most part is in very limited forms. One is we're going to tell them about it. We're going to tell you about communication or we're going to tell you about conflict resolution, or we're going to tell you about any of these power skills. And what we know for sure, just like critical thinking and all the research and science behind that, is that these skills are not just acquired cognitively in a way where you just say, okay, I read about it. Now I'm a good communicator. These are skills that need to be practiced and developed over time and made transferable as transferable skills two different domains and different scenarios. And that is an incredibly important distinction that I know that a lot of the parents that I speak to face to face, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. It's probably one of the top five smartest humans that I know. Good friend of mine, high level attorney, Ivy League, the whole thing. He tells me point blank, Louis, I just don't have this information as a parent. He's got two kids, early stage elementary uh, children, and he's like, look, I just don't have that information. It's not because 
He's not smart. He's actually a brilliant human being. It's not because he doesn't want to help his kids. It's because there are a lot of other limitations as a parent. You know that as a, with a, with a child as an eight month old, right? There's, there's time sensitive issues. There's, you have your job. There's a lot of different things going on. And a lot of this that we're talking about, the science of child development, the science of skill building is almost on a lag. And so it's getting to the parents a little late, right? And so we as a platform take it upon ourselves to illuminate some of this information to parents first and foremost. And then to get right into the answer of the question that you asked, which is how does the platform actually do it? Well, it's simple. It's actually not simple to create, but it's simple in terms of the way that the children actually do it and are made to practice and develop these communication skills as just one example. In our lessons, children are put into small groups. Have you ever heard of an escape room? I saved the world from a zombie apocalypse. Exactly. So a lot of adults have heard of it, but almost every child has heard of it. So in a way, we transform our lessons, whether it's a math lesson or whether it's a science lesson or really some of the ELA lessons that we've seen done on our platform into a version of an escape room, that feeling. So if you, you know, I say that because a lot of people are visual and now they could picture an escape room and they picture that there's multiple people there. And there are clues spread out throughout that room and that they have to find clues and solve them in order to, quote unquote, escape that room and go on to the next room and so on and so forth until they complete their escape. So our platform in a digital way is able to duplicate a lot of those functions and a lot of what's required. So we place children into a lesson and whether it's two and you know, we use a method called the team method. It's something that we actually filed a patent on and in our team method, in order to move forward, multiple users, whether it's two or six, or, you know, we've seen a team of 20. I wouldn't suggest it, but we've seen it. They have to actually come to a consensus together on what they believe the answer is. In a typical small group learning scenario, or even a project-based learning scenario, what, what happens? One student, the smartest student, or the one with the strongest personality, takes over the team. And learning is lost, and communication is lost. In this environment, with our patent and our technology, every single student using their own device, whether that is a phone or a laptop or an iPad, whatever that device is, whether they're all in person or they're fully remote, each one of them has to contribute and communicate as to what that consensus response is in order for the system to be like, yep, as a team, you guys got this right, or as a team, you guys got this wrong. And so you can just by that imagine a scenario where three or four students, frankly, are not agreeing on what they believe is the correct way to move forward. And so before they come to that consensus, they're stuck in that room and there's a timer specifically working against them. And so that creates all sorts of opportunities for students to practice and develop all of these power skills. More than that, it creates all sorts of opportunities for students to communicate across whatever it is they're learning, whether they're in fourth grade and they're learning prime numbers, you know, prime and composite numbers, or they're in algebra class. They are put into a position where one person cannot take over that group anymore. One person cannot necessarily lag behind. They all have to work together to come to that consensus and communicate through chat technology no different than WhatsApp or your your iMessages, et cetera. Every student, we put kindergartners onto our platform, they know how to communicate through digital means. That's something that is native to them. You know, it's something that's inherent in their generation. So the adults that say, well, I don't know if my kid will be able to do it. Don't worry about your perspective. Put your child on or into that scenario or into that environment, and you will see a completely different dynamic where they're chatting across whatever it is that they're learning in a way to come to that consensus and actually be able to realize if they can break out or escape out of that lesson, out of that room or not. And that's how they complete lessons on our platform. Um, one of my businesses that I run, I'm an operational business consultant. And one of the services I offer are sales training. And one of the um, 
one of the key things that I bring up to the sales team is question-based selling, right? You need to be able to communicate with the person to identify what it is they specifically need and how your service or product can help with that. Let's just say I'm the salesman and you're a prospective client. We both walk into an elevator at the same time on the ground floor and we're both getting off on the hundredth floor. And I recognize very early on, it was before the doors closed, that you're a prospective client for the product or service that I offer. Now, there's two options with this. I can spend 99 floors telling you how awesome my product or service is. And then the, the, before we get to the top floor and the elevator door opens, I can say, hey, do you, are you interested? Do you want to buy this? Or are you interested in this service? And there's, there's the fork in the road, right? Or I can spend a completely different experience in the elevator with you where I ask you on the ground floor, what do you need? And I let you tell me in 99 floors what the problems that you're experiencing are. And at the end say, well, you know, we have a solution for that. Yeah. And there's two different ways to look at the exact same scenario. But the key element of that is communication. You need to be able to communicate effectively with the individual, not regurgitate, communicate. And right. I think that the platform that you're developing and the problem skill setting that you're developing, I mean, in my limited experience with escape rooms, the one thing that I realized was that you cannot do it by yourself. You right. need to rely on other people in order to move that process forward, get out of the room, get out of the room efficiently and save the world from that zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that right. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, we, I mean, we take it one step further. So it's like we, we sometimes call them breakout games or, or escape room games on steroids of, of sorts because Throughout that process, it's not just the students sort of, you know, trying to solve problems as a team and doing so like, you know, without visibility. Everything that is done in that room as they solve that problem together is made visible live and for review for the teacher. And so someone like that science teacher that you previously mentioned, someone like that science teacher now has complete visibility into the specific thinking, the specific, not only on an academic level, but how they're communicating, how they're resolving conflict. All of this is now what I call integrated education. It's academic, it's non-academic, and frankly, it's learning how the world works. So you're learning in the same way that you're going to be expected to work in the future, which goes back to my original origin of like how this even came about and began you know, forming inside my brain as to something to solve. I love it. I, and again, I, I, I can't say enough about how you're, you're, you're bridging a gap that is very recognizable right now. And um, I, I, I almost want to encourage, uh, you know, school platforms, not just in Florida, but from, from, you know, pretty much everywhere to, to really adopt to this style of, of education and, and really maintaining the ability for students to attain the necessary knowledge skills in order to advance their education career instead of just saying, well, I guess I'm six years old. That means I'm in first grade. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to use the term disruptive, but any great program, any great product, any great service that's offered out there that rocks the boat starts off as a disruptive format. And I think that your integration with schools and in the homes at the same time is going to help this program accelerate into the actual results, which you've obviously proven already that 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 are accomplishable. You know, we, we're ongoing. We have a, a little over 9000 students in schools using our platform, but we're really excited to launch what we're calling essentially like a marketplace. And so in this marketplace um, and when I say marketplace, you could think of, you know, some of your listeners can think of or create the analogy to like Airbnb, right? So Airbnb is simply a marketplace to connect, you know, experiences or renting your home or a room, et cetera, to people who want that experience, right? In ours, in our marketplace, we really want to connect parents who maybe their school isn't moving quickly enough in this direction, or maybe they're homeschooled. Or maybe, you know, they want to complement what their uh, child's private school is offering. We want to connect those parents to this marketplace where teachers, every single teacher on this marketplace will not only tutor your kid in the academic subject, but will also coach your child using this technology and this way of learning, which is collaborative in nature. So imagine any parent in anywhere in the world right now 
once we launch this, it's going to be fully launched in the next um, seven to 10 days, can just jump onto the marketplace and either search for specific lessons or search for a specific educator and be like, I want my child to experience this style of education by you. And that really hopefully empowers those parents that don't have the time and don't have the necessary information to really customize their child's development and growth. Wow. I, I, you know, it's, it's awesome to hear that this is such at the early stage where, um, you know, we, we, we're having this discussion to get this message out there to people that are, are literally in the process of looking for these solutions right now. And I think, um, linking up a child with a specific need to, uh, an educator with that specific skill set. Um, and just marrying them on some sort of a platform such as this is ultimately going to be what we keep calling the future, but what is really today. And, um, you know, fine tuning and mastering a specific set of skills that is very easy or um, very easy to identify early on in a child's education career. And I guess perfecting those based on creative approaches learning skills and, and team building skills and, and really having educators that are committed to um, getting that message through to that particular student to maximize their potential. I mean, you're, you're essentially offering the Amazon of education. Um, I think a lot of parents that, you know, may or may not be uh, aware of this now, uh, they're going to be very shortly, whether it's through the actual education department or, you know, maybe my dozens and dozens of listeners on this podcast Uh, but uh, I think that it's it's definitely a step in the right direction as a proud new parent myself and seeing what's going on out there and obviously going through the system myself too it's encouraging to see these types of solutions becoming available I really want to uh, I I, I want you to explain um, some final thoughts really where the direction you see this going over the launch of, of the next seven to ten days and more importantly how parents out there can get more information on how they can join this yeah, absolutely. So thank you, first of all, for, for this conversation. I could frankly, you know, just the way this conversation went, I can talk to you for hours on end. And, and it's just been I get extremely enthusiastic. I'm very passionate about this topic. And it's clear to me you are as well. So I'm appreciative of that and giving the platform to to discuss these types of things. And so what I want to talk about in terms of what's what's next, like, what do I do next? That's the, the question that I get from parents that want more control and they don't necessarily want to replace their child's school, but they want to make sure that all the services are provided and complementing that child's success in school and out of school is within the next seven to 10 days, we're going to be fully launching our United Marketplace. It's an entire marketplace for out of school options. So if your child's school does not have, you know, United as a platform and is not learning in this way currently, that is, you know, higher order thinking and non-academic skills at the same time, you'll be able to provide access to your child by just coming onto the platform. It's united, U-N-Y-T-E-D dot C-O. And then you can contact us directly. Someone from our team can either work with you or you can just browse that marketplace yourself and either find lessons or find educators that specifically meet your child's goals and needs, right? And what we want to really go and, and complete this conversation with is we're really urging parents not to compromise, not to settle. Yes, you can connect with an educator or a tutor and get a basic video conference across the world at this point. There are educators that are giving basic video conferences where your child's going to be sitting there either listening to someone or interacting with someone And it's going to be in the traditional format. We're urging parents not to settle for the traditional format. What we are offering is not something completely new and untested. We've been at this for a year and a half. Little over 9,000 students have been very successful in building their skills this way. We are asking you to consider really finding educators and lessons that, number one, create higher order thinking thinking and problem solving. Number two, can actually show you evidence of that because a lot of alternatives out there will say, yeah, we're going to get your kid to be a critical thinker or to be a problem solver or to do X, Y, and Z, but where's the evidence of it? 
Is it recorded? Is it showing? Is it is it measurable in any way? We can do that for you. And then number two is really look at the other aspect of that, which are these non-academic skills, what we call power skills. And don't just settle as a parent for, yes, we talked over a video conference and that means necessarily we have done communication work. Find alternatives, whether that is united or not, and I say that all the time, that can actually measure this growth, that can track that growth for you as a parent to make it easy for you to customize, track, and measure your child's development. And that's what our communication at its core is to the parents that we plan to serve for starting in about seven to 10 days. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So just final question for you, because this propped up when you were explaining the the real advantages for parents. What are the prerequisites that a family would need in order to hop on this platform? I mean, obviously a computer and Internet. I mean, is this something that they can easily accomplish from a smartphone or do they need some sort of a a computer based system in order to to really maximize the benefit? Well, because this is marrying that video conference with technology, it is best executed in either on a, a laptop or even an iPad. You could reasonably do it on just like a smartphone, but I think really to get its maximum benefits, you need either some kind of a, an iPad, a Chromebook, some kind of a device or, you know, an actual laptop or a computer, a desktop. And that would get you all of the benefits. If you have that, and we say this all the time, if you have that, you have the Internet. And I know that, you know, a lot of families say, well, I'm struggling with the Internet because of X, Y and Z. I really encourage those families to seek out their Internet provider, whether that's AT&T or Comcast here in Florida or, you know, wherever you are. There are a lot of good deals out there, especially because of the pandemic, to increase your Internet access, your bandwidth, et cetera. If you have any device and just a desire to grow your child's skills and that child has a willingness to grow their skills in an engaging way, that's all you need. And nine out of 10 of those parents would call Comcast immediately if their Netflix wasn't streaming at the highest level anyway. So if you're going to make an investment, you better make it into your children and the future and the education platform behind it. Yeah, I, I, I want to mention one last thing here as we wrap up in these last two minutes. Students should... In, in our estimation, should not be limited to the teachers in their schools. We always talk about, you know, oh, you know, school choice. And school choice has been this topic for the last, you know, half decade or longer about, you know, we don't want to limit, you know, uh, students to their neighborhood school, so on and so forth. We don't believe your child, if you're a parent, we don't believe your six-year-old child or 17-year-old child or anywhere in between should be limited to the teachers in their schools. We believe that we can sort of cultivate and curate the most passionate teachers that have these skill sets for collaborative learning and give you access to them. And so that's not going to replace your child's school, but it is going to provide access to those types of teachers and that type of learning that's going to let your child fly within that school and out of school. Sure. And, you know, the teachers are an essential piece of this puzzle. The enthusiasm they bring and their their ability to educate masses of students. But we're talking about an individual approach here, an individual approach that refines an individual skill set. And, you know, from a teacher's perspective, I mean, look, you know, they're they're. They're miracle workers already, but to, to have that impact on every single student of them year in and year out, uh, that's, that's a lot to ask for without a platform such as this. And I think that this is a big compliment to what they're already struggling with right now in refining their curriculums under the circumstances where they need to get their message across to students in this virtual world, uh, which I guess students aren't really accustomed to yet. And there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a gray area and a gap. And I think, again, this platform really offers a, a, a nice bridge to that gap uh, to connect the two essential components of this, which are the education side of it and the application side of it. And really refining the skills of each individual student to maximize their potential in whatever area of expertise they're excited about.
United.co, U-N-Y-T-E-D.co, the genius behind it, Mr. Luis Martinez out of Miami, Florida. I really hope to have a, a follow-up discussion with you. Uh, I'll give you a couple months to refine the program because I know what it takes to launch something, and there's always going to be uh, a lot of hair being pulled out. But I'm pretty confident that you guys are going to get get off to the races really quickly with this. You're going to throw it right into the education system, and uh, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more to expand on upon our next discussion. I really look forward to it. And from from your lips to God's ears regarding the you know the transition of launching this and hopefully really just being able to serve as many parents as as we can. And, and obviously, we'll continue to serve um, all populations through public schools as well. So but thank you so much for having me on here. And I say us because, you know, United is a team, you know, ultimately. So, you know, we're, we're, we're really on a mission and, and hopefully we're able to accelerate that now. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been great talking with you. And, um, you know, this is E equals MC Awesome signing off on another fantastic segment. Bye, everybody.